This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have a Bible today, can you turn to Matthew chapter 16? Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to just read a few verses from Scripture today and encourage us. On one of my favorite holidays, it's one of the only holidays we have that it's no snow on the ground. Uh, almost guaranteed, almost, except those in Newfoundland. Uh, summer was on Wednesday this year. They enjoyed it. Uh, Matthew chapter 16, I'm going to start reading a few verses. A uh, very famous passage, a great passage. And then challenge us this morning and uh, see what God wants to do. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. If you don't have a Bible today, you'll see it on the screen behind me. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples. Disciples were really his crew. Uh, it was his interns. It was his small group. Jesus came to die on the cross. Matthew even said it with his reckless love. He came to make a bridge. Every time I see the bridges of Halifax flying in during the daytime and see the bridges, I always think of the cross. The cross is a bridge from where we were to where we need to get to. And the bridge uh, makes a way where there was no way. And Jesus, literally on the cross, became a bridge from our sinful, isolated state back into favor with God. But that wasn't his only mission. His mission was also to raise up a transition team and a leadership team to take the church and build the church for millennium, and, and, and that's what we witness today. Jesus could have came and died on the cross in just a few days. He could have said, okay, I'm 30, I'm old enough, let's do this. It could have, but he spent three years building a team. Preparation time is never wasted time. So many people are waiting for an opportunity, but we never actually get prepared for that moment. I think tragedy is when your moment of opportunity comes, but you never had your moments of preparation. So many people are waiting on God, waiting, waiting on God. Listen, God will bring the timing. Our job is the preparation. And they'll call you an overnight success, but they don't know the years that you were studying, the years that you were saving, the years that you were working out, the years that you were uh, uh, believing. And I believe preparation time, when it meets opportunity, a moment happens. Jesus was preparing his people, and here he's with his disciples. And now they're having a little kind of small talk, and they're just chatting, and Jesus leans in here in verse 13, and he says, and Jesus came to a season of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, his team, his interns, his small group, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he asked them in verse 15, he says, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, uh, he was always the first one to jump in with the answer. He's just, he's always, he couldn't control himself. He was always the first one to jump in. He said, uh, you're the Messiah. You're, you're the Son of God. You're the bridge. You're here to save us. You're here to get us from where we are to where we need to be. You are the, the rescuer. You're the ransom. You're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from the Internet or Google. That's my interpretation. Or any human being, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. But now I say that you are Peter, which means rock. He was the original wrestler called The Rock, right there. The Rock. The original rock. Can you smell what Jesus is cooking right here? And he says, upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Oh, that's a good verse. You're looking for a verse today? You need to know that hell cannot come against the church of Jesus Christ. 
no power in hell, no, no influence, no, 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 no stress, no anxiety, no sin, no pressure, no law. Listen, the church of Jesus Christ is doing just fine. People say the church is going down to hell in a handbasket. Read your Bible, folks. The church can outstand and outlast and outwit. It is a survivor. It is a thriver. Come on, the church is doing just fine. They would have clapped more in Oklahoma. <clears throat> Verse 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. For the next few minutes today, I want to talk on this title. You'll see it behind me. I have decided. Look at your neighbor and say, I have decided. I'm going to have a hot dog. Let's pray one more time. Father, I thank you for today. God, I pray these next few minutes. I, I, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Your word never returns empty. It always returns with profit. It always returns with changed lives and people knowing more about you and feeling your presence and being more connected. And Father, I'm asking for an investment that no, that no, uh, no, no stock market can bring, no, no, no fund can bring, that no bank account can bring. An investment right now, a return on your word. Your Bible, your word says that it will return with a great harvest. And we're praying right now, Father, for peace. We're praying, Father, for direction. We're praying for reconciliation with each other and with you. God, I pray these next few minutes be more than just entertainment or information, but a transformation by your word will happen today, that we will leave here more like you than when we walked in. We'll leave here more in love with you than when we walked in. We'll leave here more passionate about your plan than when we walked in. Father, thank you for everyone here. In Jesus' name, everybody said? I love to ask questions. It's what I do. If you've gone out with me for coffee or, or something to eat, I just, I love asking questions. I love questions. In fact, I try to get it with some of our dream team members every single week, and, and we're growing, and people are adding to our team, and there are people that are giving their lives in service and in finances and in their time, and I've never sat down and talked to them. So a couple weeks ago, I went out with Daryl. I don't know if he's here today. He's, I saw him. He's here somewhere. Daryl, and my first question is, Daryl, where were you born and raised? And Daryl looked at me and said, Southern California. And I was like, okay, hold up. I got a lot more questions. When you tell me you were born in California, one question leads to more questions. It's like when your kid is two, and they're like, where are we going? And like, going, going, going across the bridge. Why? Well, because it's too long to go through Bedford. Why? Well, 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 Bedford's nice, but, you know, we, it, it, it's, it, you know there, there wasn't a bridge before, but now there's a bridge. But why? Well, someone, we borrowed a lot of money for the new bridge. The new bridge is 40 years old, but we call it the new bridge. Why? Well, I don't know why it's a new bridge, because it's an old bridge. Well, why? Well, the old bridge was, and there's more questions. I asked Daryl, I said, where were you born? He said, San Diego, Southern California. And my next question was, why did you move here? Come on, somebody, like... I like questions. I was in Oklahoma all week teaching at a camp, and there was these interns and a thousand students and, and these interns, and I'm known, I've been there for seven years teaching on, uh, at this camp, and there's this whiteboard in the main office, and I always, every day, have a new question for the interns. Some of you are thinking deep, you know, Jesus questions. No, like, what's your favorite band of all time? Every day gets a new question, because I love questions. I need some help right now. Favorite band of all time, somebody. Metallica? Awesome. Uh, someone else, what did you say? Spice Girls? That's what you want? You really, really want that right there? Okay, Spice Girls. I was almost in the band. They were going to call me Old Spice. There you were. All right. Someone else. Someone else. Who said Guns N' Roses? How old are you? Welcome to the jungle. Guns N' Roses. That is amazing. That is your mother's influence right there. Any Christians in the place? Okay. <laughs> Sandy Patty? No. Okay. 
<laughs> Mine would probably be like you too. Or uh, if that offends you, then Carmen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if someone was going to play you in a movie, who would be the best person to play you in a movie? Actor or actress? Someone. Would play you in a movie? I got more questions now. I got so many more questions. You talking to me? Okay, I got questions. Okay, someone, someone who would play you in a, guns, uh, we're going to go back to Guns N' Roses. Uh, what, who would play you in a movie? Chris Helmsworth, the guy that played Thor. Perfect. Someone else. Who? Tom Selleck. Same mustache from Magnum P.I. right there. Wow. Wow. I'm thinking like Tom Cruise, The Rock, you know, Johnny Knoxville. I'm not even sure, but... Matt, uh, the guy that played Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire. Like, you know, who would play you in a movie? You know, I got questions. I got questions like, who let the dogs out? Never did find that one out. Will the Maple Leafs ever win a cup? I have questions. You know, it's interesting. Jesus here in this passage asked a question to his disciples. Questions, they say a good teacher never gives you the answer. They just ask you questions. Because if you find the answer through someone else, you'll never learn it. There's a difference between memorizing and learning. When I was in school, I'd memorize the answers for a test, and X equals, and, and, and what's the capital of, of Florida? It's, it's Tallahassee. And, and you would memorize things for the test, but then it would be gone. But if you go and dig, and you go and find it yourself, you'll know it for a lifetime. People come to me sometimes and ask, hey, what should I do here? And a good leader won't tell you what to do. Sometimes it's obvious what you should do, but you need to find it for yourself. That's why even God said to Adam and Eve, who had sinned and they were hiding, he said, Adam and Eve, where are you? He knew where they were, but he wanted them to come to the revelation they were hiding from God. Because if you come to the revelation of where you are, you can get back to where you need to be. Jesus asked a question here. He says, who do people say that I am? Jesus wasn't having an identity complex. He was curious, and he wanted to know where, how the training was going with his team. He said, who do people say that I am? And one goes, you know, John the Baptist. Now, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I like to think I'm fairly intelligent. You know, high school, you know, I spent six years in high school. I'm fairly smart. Uh, some of you have more degrees than a thermometer, and there's some education. But I take great comfort in the fact that the disciples said John the Baptist, because at that moment, John the Baptist was still alive. You know, they're not the smartest people in the world. Like, I can see John the Baptist, and Jesus is right here going, some say you're John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is like, I'm right here. You know, like, I take some comfort in that. You know, like, you don't need to be the smartest person to follow Jesus. They said, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're a prophet or maybe a good teacher or a good man. Here's what I've realized in life. Everybody has an opinion on who Jesus is. Have you realized this yet? The world, our city, our culture, family, everybody has an opinion on Jesus. Some, he's a curse word. It's interesting that no other religion's leader is used as a curse word, but Jesus, I find that interesting. But some people have said, who's Jesus? Well, he's a curse word. Other people, you ask, who is Jesus? If you walk down Spring Garden today or out on Lacewood, hey, it's just kind of a question, random question. Who would you say Jesus was? Some would say, well, you know, he's a historic figure. Like Winston Churchill, Abraham Lincoln, you know, like Cleopatra, he's, he, he was born. He, there's documented archaeological uh, evidence. June, one of our worship leaders, has a degree in archaeology. Really, I didn't have to dig that up either. It's, it's true, she does. And, you know, there's facts. So he lived and he died and, you know, there's, there's history there. So, you know, he's a historic figure. Others would say, no, no, he's more than that. He's a spiritual guru. 
He's a spiritual guru like Gandhi or, or, the, or someone else. Like he, he, he has these, this wisdom, man, just this wisdom, these quotes that look so good on my Instagram page. And they look good and we tattoo them on our arms, like great quotes. And, 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 and he's, this, he, he's a leader of peace and kind of inner peace and tranquility. And he's like a life coach, man. He's a life coach for like, for like generate. That's who Jesus, other people will say, no, he's a crutch. The only people that need Jesus are people that need a crutch. They, just can't, they don't have enough willpower. They don't have enough strength in their life. They can't do it on their own. So they find this, this mythical figure, this historical figure, and they lean on Jesus, and they give thanks to Jesus. And some would say he's a crutch. I've realized in life that people have an opinion who Jesus is. Have you realized that yet? Our government, our city, the media, culture. If, people will have an opinion on who Jesus is. Back in Jesus' day, people were forming opinions. Some would say, he's a magician because of what he does. Some people, man, he must be a ghost because what he's doing, man, he's got, it's got to be something. Some people, I think he's just a really good teacher. Like, I really take a, I get fed every time I'm with him. Yeah, but that was loaves and fish. I know, but there's also some other stuff I get from him. Someone's like, I love his hair, dude. He should be on the Nova worship team. Like, long hair, like, really good. And nowhere does it say Jesus had, like, straight long hair. I think he had a huge afro myself. I think he just had a big pick in it. I just think it was awesome. Good Jewish boy. I think he had this huge head of hair. I think it was, he was rocking it, you know. And People have an opinion on who Jesus was. But in verse 15, Jesus always makes it personal. You've got to know this, that we're in this together by ourselves. Think about this. We come together, we're the church. But at some point, we go home by ourselves in your moment, in your quietest thought, whether you're going to bed at night in your car, whether you're in your, in your moment, we, we die by ourselves. We were born by ourselves unless you're a twin, okay? But you come into this world, we're in this together by ourselves. And Jesus always makes it personal. That's why I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful for generations of legacy and heritage. But I'm thankful that God loves me for who I am. Not who my father is or my mother is or what church I go to. I don't think your last name should qualify you or disqualify you. I think God loves you for who you are. He loves you. If you were the only one ever to live, Jesus would die on the cross for you. Why? Because he is a personal God. In this moment, he says, who do people say that I am? And they're like, well, you're a teacher, you're this, you're a legend, you're amazing. You might become the next like, leader of this country. I think you're a revolutionary. He goes, okay, okay. He stops and he goes, okay, forget everybody else in this moment. He leans, he leans in around the campfire. He says, who do you say that I am? In my life, I've realized God always is asking me questions. It's interesting to pass off on someone else because if you, if you base what Jesus means to you on someone else, you're always great on a curve, right? Like comparison is a prison. It's like, well, I'm, I'm doing better. I'm not doing as well as them, but like <clears throat> I'm not as bad as them. Like, 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 like I may not be where I need to be, but, you know, at least I'm not listening to like Guns N' Roses, you know, or Metallica or Spice Girls. Like, like it could be worse. I could be with those people. Jesus in that moment says, who do you say that I am? Peter steps out in that moment. And he, he blurts out and he goes, you're the son of God. You're not just a teacher. You're not a ghost walking in the streets. You're not just a guru. You actually are here to rescue us from our sin and our shame and our isolation. You're the son of God. Jesus in that moment, he feels like, yes, this internship is working. Yes, my time is not wasted. Yes, there's hope that this is going to last beyond my time here. And he goes, well done. 
He said, you didn't get this from people's opinions at coffee shops and people like to talk about, you know, everybody wants to talk. You didn't get this from a social media post that you liked or shared. You got this from a revelation internally from my father. You've had an experience. He said, well done. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. And some people think Peter was the rock to build the church on. It's not true. The rock was the revelation that Peter had. He's like, Peter, well done. On that rock, Peter, I'm going to build my church. You know what? I'm going to build my church not on you, Peter, not on a man, not on a personality, not on, not on one of you guys. I'm building it on the revelation that I am the Messiah, the Son of God. That will be what we build the church on. Building the church. I have these boxes here today, and I'm thinking about who is Jesus to you? Because if you Google it, you'll get an opinion. If you talk to someone at a coffee shop or you talk to a pastor, you talk to someone else, everybody has an opinion. But today, Jesus is still asking questions. He's asking, who do you say that I am? Sir? That's what we're held accountable for. That's what we're responsible for. That's the opportunity we get is who do you say that Jesus is? I love how he makes it personal. Some of us say he's just an add-on in our life. I got these boxes here, and it's interesting. Jesus says, I'll build my church, and I realize we're always building something, building our lives. Me and my wife got married in 2000, and what we said is let's start building our lives together. If you're a young adult here, you're in the process, you're like, I'm going to build my career. I'm going to build my life, and we're in a building, and I realize that Jesus said in this moment, he's like, I'm going to build my church on this foundational truth that I am the Son of God, that I am here to rescue mankind. There's a lot of ways you can build your life. I have them listed here. We have relationships. Some people build on relationships. Man, if I just get married, that'll be the foundation of my life. If I, like, if I, can just get some, if I can just get married, you know, I've seen the movies, I, I've longed for this, and it's a great desire to have to be in a relationship. It's a great desire. It's a God-given desire. But people want, so many people make it such the pinnacle and such the foundation, they want to build their life on that. You know what's worse than being single and unhappy? Married and unhappy. Just a thought. But some people want to make that the base of their life, and everything is a relationship. It might be their kids. Man, if I can just have kids and, and kids, and everything is focused around their kids. We call that child-centered marriage or child-centered living, but it's all about the kids. they got to be the smartest, the most active. we got to do everything for our kids. I never had a great childhood. They have to have a great childhood. And we make that relationship. Some of you, it's your parents. That is the center of everything, man, my folks and my parents. and Some of you, it's your friendships, relationships. Man, I'm just all about community. I'm all about my friends. I'll, I'll just die for my friends. I'll give to my friends. And We need these things. These aren't bad things, but we make it the foundation of our life. Other people, it's fame. Fame is a godless pursuit. I believe you can get fame from success, but fame and success are not the same thing. Fame is saying, I want to make my name big. Some people get famous, but that's not their goal. It's a, it's a byproduct of doing something well. Some of you are famous in your school for being a great teacher. Why? Because you're great, you're successful, and then you have fame because of it. Some people are great singers, and then they get fame because of that. Some people are, are great politicians or I want to be famous in my own house. But fame, and they, it's all about their name. If I can just get my name out there, if I can get my name out there, if I can just, if, if people want to talk to me, if people want to stop and take pictures of me, if, if I can sign autographs from me, 
Maybe it's you want to be the, the top salesman in a job, and may, maybe no one knows your name, but you want your picture on that wall. You want to know that you were the top of that account. Maybe you had the most, and you're just like, man, it's all about if I can get to the top of that league or that company or that culture, or that, it's fame. Some people make that the foundation of their life. Go, man, it's just all about if I can just get recognized in whatever area you're in, whether it be media or business or education or medicine. Other people, it's leaders. Some people make the foundation of the life they build on is, is, is people, and we, we worship the creation, not the creator, and we make people the center of our lives. Man, if I, if, if I can just be like that business leader, that business leader, man, he's the best. And I, I read everything he's ever written, and I've invested in his companies. If I could ever go work for him, and we make leaders, or we even do this in church. We're so guilty of this in church. My friend, me and my wife are called to lead this church, but you're not called to worship us? Come on, somebody. Or make us the foundation of your life. We are people. But sometimes, when you, I see this, I meet people going, I used to go to church, but this leader that I was following on TV or in person messed up, and now am I just, I don't and we make people the center. They want to dress like a certain people. They want to act like a certain people. That, that movie star, that musician, that actor, that, that business leader, that teacher, that, that icon, that government leader. And we make leaders the foundation of our life. And we just, we drink the Kool-Aid, man. Whatever they're saying, we're guilty of this, aren't we? We're guilty of, we get inspired by somebody. I believe you can be motivated by somebody, but they're not the foundation of your life. But we, we do this. We surround ourselves. Sometimes it's money. This is the big one. Heard someone say money doesn't buy happiness. No, it can. <laughs> Can't buy joy. It can buy happiness. Joy is an internal relationship. Happiness is an external, external expression and emotion. Yeah, money can buy happiness. Ice cream, that, I make, that makes me happy. Putting gas in my car at these prices makes me happy. Costco, when my wife comes home from Costco, that makes me happy. Costco doesn't make anybody happy on a busy Saturday. But sometimes we're always making money. I just going to make more money. How much uh, Rockefeller, one of the richest men ever, they asked him one time, you know, New York was built by the Rockefellers. They said, how much, you have so much money. How much more do you need? He goes, just a little more. They said, how much money is enough? And he's like, a little more. And we make money the foundation going, man, and, and, and people with no money, people with a lot of money, just, just money's the foundation. I just got to make more money. I need more money. Obsessed with money. I know people that make a lot of money, but they are so obsessed with it, they are poor in spirit. Some of the most generous, generosity is not based on money. It's a spiritual thing. I know people with little money that are generous. I know people with a lot of money that are generous. Generosity is not a resource thing. It's a heart thing. All the money does is exposes what's in your heart. That's why sometimes you get these athletes that never had good uh, boundaries and upbringing and mentors, and they get money. You're thinking, man, I didn't know they were going to. No, they, it just exposed what was in their heart. These actors, these musicians, these business guys that hit it big really early, and all of a sudden you're like, man, what happened to them? Because it just exposes. But we make money the center. Some people, it's a job. It's a career. LinkedIn is their Bible. It's just, can I, get, can I upgrade my job? I just need more job. I just need a better job. I just need, it's all about uh, uh, what I do. Guys are guilty of this, don't we? The first thing we ask somebody, hey, how are you? who are you? Hey, hey what do you do? You know, we never, we never ask people who they are. We ask them what they do. We're so guilty of that, aren't we? So what do you do? And then sometimes we categorize people depending on the job they have. And when we think that way and make that the foundation, many times what happens is we're like, oh, okay. And we class people based on jobs. 
Some of us are so obsessed with our job, we need a, a better job, and we're always looking over our shoulder for another opportunity, never walking in the lane we're in, but jobs are everything. We're just chasing the right career. We want those letters next to our name. We want that position on our card or on our iPhone contact. We want it on our LinkedIn page, and we chase a certain job with a certain company, and all of a sudden, something takes off and goes viral, and I need to switch to that job. And then we meet somebody and go, that sounds interesting. I need that job, and we chase a position instead of a being, and we just chase position and jobs. All the time, just jobs. The Bible says, Jesus said, I will build the church. I will be the foundation of my church. Let me read to you what it says, says this way. It says in Isaiah 28, 16. It says, so this is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone. That means it's a strong stone. That means if you hit it, it doesn't break. It means it can weather some time. It can weather the weather. It can deal with the elements. And it says a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. My friend, the Bible calls Jesus the cornerstone. I was just in New York yesterday. And on these buildings, they have written when the cornerstone was laid, 1893, 1862, 1914. And the cornerstone is the strongest piece of brick or stone in that building because the architects and engineers have it layered in such a way that the strength goes to that corner because they know it's tested and it's tried. My friend, I want to let you know today, who is Jesus to you? He wants to be your cornerstone. And what happens is so many times is Jesus is in our life. You love Jesus? I love Jesus. I, I, I have Jesus in my life. I, I go to church. I, I give. I worship. Jesus in my life. But here's the difference. Jesus doesn't want to be an add-on. He wants to be the foundation. And many times in my life and maybe yours, what happens is we have Jesus, but then when something that is shakable gets shaken, the whole thing comes down. How many times have you seen this? that one of the bricks that we built our life in isn't stable. None of these will last the test of time or eternity. All of these are good, but they're not the base. But when we make them the base, and here's what happens is, all of a sudden, relationships. Well, if that's your foundation, how many parents stop going to church when their kids get old enough to stop going to church? So faithful, so loyal, because Jesus was an add-on. They love Jesus, but he's an add-on, not a foundation. And the second... Little Jimmy, little Krista gets married and moved out. All of a sudden, you know what? I don't think we need to go to church that much anymore. We, we raised them in the house of God. Now let's go do our thing. And all of a sudden you go, what's going on right now? What happened between 10 years ago? Why? Because Jesus was an add-on to help the relationships be better, but he wasn't the foundation. Jesus didn't want to be an add-on. You don't try Jesus, you trust Jesus. There's a difference. The cornerstone is what you rest on. There's another passage where Jesus told a story about a man that built his house on sand and on rock. I love sand this time of year. We need some sand. I need some sand between my toes and sun on my face, but I don't want to build a house there. I want to build a house like a good Newfie on the rock. It doesn't matter what wind blows or what winter storm, no matter what you deal with, you know that ain't moving. Jesus is the rock to build our life on. We build it on fame, which is fleeting. Enrique Iglesias. Spice Girls. Go back and look who won the Oscar 15 years ago. You know who? Fame. They say 15 minutes of fame. Isn't it amazing that I say bands and kids are like, I don't know who that is. 
I'll never forget this moment. There was this, this artist named Kanye and Rihanna and Paul McCartney are on the same stage doing the same song. You know, hang on. 15 minutes till the song about Friday or something. And all the kids are like, who's the old guy with Kanye? He's the Beatle, people. It's Paul McCartney. We're all going, who are the two people with Paul, with Sir Paul? And all this younger generation is like, who's the old guy playing guitar with, with Kanye, with Yeezy? What's going on there? We're thinking, why? Because even the Beatles, who declared they were bigger than Jesus Christ, fame will fade. Who's famous now will be famous in 20 years. The top recording artist now will be the top recording artist. Remember Lance Morissette? Who? I know. There is a coming a day where Taylor Swift will not be on the radio every song or Ed Sheeran. One Direction. Who? Story of my life. Fame is passing. Money. One stock market. One tweet from a certain southern leader. Stock markets crash. Corruption in Enron and Briex and banks and and all of a sudden, your dollar isn't worth what it was. Your house isn't worth I got friends in Detroit years ago. They had to walk away from their houses. Why? Because markets change and climates change. And they, if you built it on your mortgage, your equity, your bank account, your earning potential, if, if you can't build on it. You build on your job. Till they walk in one day and go, we have someone 20 years younger that can do it for 20000 less. And we, thank you, but you're done. And what happens is Jesus is in our life, but he's an add-on, and something gets shaken, and the whole thing goes down. And people go, yeah, I used to be here. I had a job, but I'm not around anymore. I, got, I just can't. Or, or yeah, relationships, you know, me, me and my wife, me and my kids, and things have changed. And so, yeah, like, if I get back around sometime to this Jesus thing, I'll get around to it. Or I just got to go chase this or chase that. My friends, I want to let you know today, who is Jesus to you? He says he is the foundation. My friend, you know what I love about my wife? She loves Jesus more than she loves me. She loves Jesus more than she loves my kids. She loves Jesus more than she loves this church. My friend, I am thankful. Come hell or high water, come blessing or famine. Jesus is your foundation. You can weather the storm. Though the anchor still holds. And when you put Jesus as the cornerstone of your life and your relationships are built on that, it puts a solidifying effect on it and a, and a stabilization on it. My marriage is not built on feelings. If it's built on feelings, come on. 18 years, can I say this? There are moments. There are moments. Not from Nancy, just, just, just some moments. Where you're like, really, Costco? Again, right? Like, some moments. If you're building on an emotion, you know, come on. That passionate TV romance motion when you're going at it. Come on. If you got that at 50, <clears throat> it's probably with a pill. But anyway, you got that. Come on, somebody. Emotions fade. My marriage is not built on a feeling. It's based on a commitment to my God and then to each other. If you want to build your life, fame. If you're successful, God. The Bible says if you have favor with God, you'll have favor with people. Your name will be known for being a great mom, a great dad, a great business person, a great teacher, a great doctor, a great preacher. There's a lot of things. That's not your foundation. It may be an add-on. It may be a blessing, but that's not what you build your life on. Top preachers from 20 years ago, no one knows. One of my favorite preachers, a guy named Bill Wilson. People are like, who? Best preacher, why? Because fame fades, because there's only one name that lasts. And it's an add-on, but it's not a foundation. What about money? You ever see a U-Haul behind a hearse? No, because you can't take it with you. Why? Because it won't last. What about a job? I've realized that you can change your job. 
You change where you live. You can change your title. But Jesus is your center. Changes everything. God bless you with great leaders, mentors. But the foundation's right. The rest will be right. So how do you make Jesus the foundation? Real simple today. One way you can do it, one way, is baptism. Let me be clear today. Next week is Baptism Sunday. We're going to have a huge Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Getting baptized doesn't get you to heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven. Believe in Jesus. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. And give your life to Jesus Christ. That is eternity. But baptism activates something in your life. You can go to heaven and not be baptized. The Bible says. But, but you know what? I've realized that if I'm following Jesus and he's the foundation, I want whatever he has for me. I want whatever he has. If he's got it, I don't, listen, thank you for the relationship, but I'm good. You've done enough. Jesus, I got more for you. I got blessings and I got, I, I got correction. Come on, I got some help. And it says Jesus said to get baptized. It says Jesus got baptized. It says this in Romans 6, 3 to 5. Or have you forgotten when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism? We joined him in his death, for we died and were buried. Now we live new lives. Since then, united with him in his death, we're also raised to life. Let me tell you what baptism is. It's a symbolic of what happens spiritually. When you get saved, you die to your old life. That's why the Bible says we're a new creation in 2 Corinthians. You're a new creation. You go down the water one way. You come up another way. It's symbolic of what happens spiritually when you get saved. When you get saved, you die to your old man, your old way. And you come up and say, I'm a new man. I'm a new person. When we get baptized next, people get baptized next week, what you're saying is, I want to publicly say, I have decided to go public with this, that Jesus is not an add-on. He's not in the middle. He is the foundation of my life. And I want to die to the old me, the old cravings. Jesus loves you so much right where you are today. But he loves you too much to leave you there. And what he's saying is, I'm saying, follow me on this journey. Let's show the world, demonstrate it through baptism, that you'll die to the old you. Some of you go down in your old cravings, your old attitudes, your old preferences and desires and needs and weaknesses and sin. You go down in what you used to want and what you used to prioritize. And when you come up, I believe God's going to give you new cravings. He's going to give you new joy, new strength, new peace. God wants to do more. You go down one way symbolically and come up another way saying, I have decided to follow Jesus, to put him as the foundation of my life. He is the cornerstone. And people might say he's an add-on. People say, go to church if you've got time. People say, serve Jesus while your kids are at home. Serve Jesus if you like your pastor or your church and you like and you're feeling right. But when you say, I have decided, that he is the foundation of my life. Come hell or high water. It doesn't matter if the money's there or who leaves me or who knows my name. It doesn't matter where I work or who I follow. He is the foundation of my life. And I have decided to go public with this. Two challenges today as we close. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You're like, Mike, I don't know this Jesus. And tell you, say, I want to follow Jesus. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand, every head bowed and every eye closed, on the count of three, saying, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want him to be that bridge between my past and my future, between my sin and eternity with him. I want to follow Jesus. Today, you have a new start. It's not joining a church. It's connecting with God. If this isn't the right church for you, we can help you find a great church in the city. There's lots of them. Our priority is not to get you in this seat. It's to understand that you have a place in heaven. 
If that's you in this place, on the count of three, you say, Mike, I want you to pray for me right where I sit. On the count of three, put your hand up. One, today's your day, a new start. Two, three, all over this place. I see that hand. I'll look one more time. I see that hand. You put your hand right back down. Can we pray today? Let's pray for these awesome, these two individuals that I saw. Let's pray. Celebrate you today. Huge day, best day. Putting him in the center of your life. Father, I thank you right now for this man, this woman, for the others I may not have seen. God, I pray today they'd have an experience, not with the preacher, not with the church, but with you. God, I pray today they would make you the foundation of their life that's unshakable, beyond moods, beyond jobs, beyond weather, beyond governments, beyond, beyond culture. Father, you are the cornerstone, the foundation of our life. We believe that you are the son of God. You died to set us free. You rose from the dead, and now you fight for us, you believe in us, and you lead us. God, I pray you'd forgive us for our sins. As we make that decision today, say, take control of our life. Lead us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we believe you're the Son of God. My second call is this. If you've done that today, and Jesus is your foundation, and you say, hey, Jesus, I follow him. He leads me. Why haven't you got baptized? Go public with it. When my wife got married, I was so proud of the relationship. We did it in private with a couple hundred people, but we put a ring on it to go public wherever I go. In every airport, every restaurant, where she goes and I go, what we're saying is, yeah, I'm married. Why? Because it's a private commitment, but a public confession. Baptism is you going, I'm going public with this. No matter what field I'm in, no matter what job I have, who my family is, I want to know, he's my foundation. Add-ons you hide. Foundations you build on. In every building, like, look how, how strong that foundation is. You can't hide it. It's right there. That's what we built my life on. Today, I want to challenge you. If you haven't been baptized, you're not joining a church. If you haven't been baptized, next Sunday we're baptizing people. We're going to celebrate. We're going to, I believe some of you are going to go down the water. You've been struggling. Yes, you love Jesus. You've given your life to Jesus Christ. But you've been struggling. Go, man, why do I keep thinking that way? Why do I keep feeling that way? Well, I believe a miracle is going to happen. You go down, it's going to be like you're buried and the old you is going to stay down there. And I believe a miracle is going to happen. You're going to come up with some new hope, some new joy, some new cravings to follow God. A miracle is going to happen. If you haven't got baptized, let me ask you why. It's fear. That's, that's all right, but that means fear is your foundation. That means pride is the foundation of your life. You care more people think. Some of you are, I'm not ready, man. Maybe it's indecision. If Jesus said, I want to encourage you, next week let's celebrate together. We go public with this and go, I have decided. We'll see people from every form of life, every career, every culture. We'll see people celebrate next week and say, I want to go public with this, that I have decided that Jesus saved me, and I want the world to know, and a miracle is going to happen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. We're going to close with a prayer and go enjoy a barbecue, some snow cones, some inflatable castles. If you want to get baptized today, you think, you know what, Mike, I want to make that decision. If you just prayed that prayer, you're like, hey, I want to make that decision. I want to get baptized next week. Head to the what's next wall right after this. And we're going to help you for 10 minutes. Just explain what's going to happen next week. I'm going to give you a t-shirt next week. It's going to be awesome, a free t-shirt. It's going to be so good. We're going to celebrate next week. If you've been baptized, Come back next week and let's celebrate as a miracle happens. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you that you're still asking the question, who do we say you are? God, we say you're not an add-on. You're not an app. You're not an addition that can be deleted. You are the foundation of our life. God, you gave everything for us. And Father, we stand on that today. Lord Jesus, be the cornerstone of our lives. God, I pray for strength and courage. I pray we go public with this in every street, in every medium, in every culture, in every way, proud to stand on what you've done as you lift us higher in our relationships, in our jobs, as we earn, as we get successful, 
as we follow leaders and become leaders. God, we build on who you are and what you've done. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said, everybody said,